the two sons of ivan the soldier from russian fairy tales by peter polovoy translated by robert nisbet bain eighteen fifty four to nineteen o nine this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine the two sons of ivan the soldier there once dwelt in a certain kingdom a peasant the time came when they enlisted him as a soldier he had to quit his wife and as he bade her good-bye he said to her hearken wife live honestly flout not good people do not let our little hut fall to pieces but keep house wisely and await my return if god permit it i will come back and leave the service here are fifty roubles whether a little son or a little daughter be born to thee matters not keep the money till the child grows up if it be a daughter wed her to the bridegroom whom god may provide but if god give thee a son and he arrive at years of discretion this money will be of no little help to him then he took leave of his wife and went to the wars whither he was bidden three months passed and the wife gave birth to twin sons and she called them the sons of ivan the soldier the youngsters grew up betimes like wheaten dough mixed with yeast they shot up broad and high when they reached their tenth year their mother gave them instruction and they quickly learned their letters and the children of the boyars and the children of the merchants could not hold a candle to them no one could read aloud or write or answer questions so well as they the two sons of ivan the soldier thus grew up and they asked their mother mother dear did not our father leave us some money if there be any let us have it and we'll take it to the fair and buy us a good horse apiece their mother gave them the fifty roubles twenty-five to each brother and said to them hearken children as ye go to the town give a bow to every one you come across good dear mother so the brothers hied them off to the town and went to the horse market there were many horses there but they chose none of them for they were not good enough mounts for the good brothers so one of the brothers said to the other let us go to the other end of the square look how the people are all running together there there is something strange going on thither they went and joined the crowd and there stood two mares tied to stout oaken posts with iron clamps one with six clamps and the other with twelve clamps the horses were tugging at their chains gnawing their bits and digging up the ground with their hoofs no one was able to go near them what is the price of thy mares asked ivan the soldier's son of the owner don't thrust thy nose in here friend such mares are not for the like of thee ask no more about them how dost thou know what i am maybe i'll buy them but i must first look at their teeth the horse-dealer smiled look out for your heads that's all one of the brothers then drew near to the mare that was fastened by six clamps and the other brother to the mare that was fastened by twelve they tried to look at the horse's teeth but how was it to be done the mares rose on their hind legs and pawed the air then the brothers struck them in the breast with their knees the chains which held the horses burst and the mares flew up into the air five fathoms high and fell down with their legs uppermost well cried the brothers that's not much to boast of we would not take such horses as a gift the crowd cried oh and was amazed what strong and stalwart heroes are these the horse-dealer was almost in tears the mares galloped all over the town and made off over the wide steppe nobody dared approach them and nobody knew how to catch them the sons of ivan the soldier were sorry for the horse-dealer they went out into the open steppe 
cried with a piercing voice and whistled lustily and the mares came running back and stood in their proper place as if they had been nailed there then the good youths put the iron chains upon them again and tied them to the oaken posts and bound them tightly this they did and then they went homeward as they were going along there met them an old greybeard they forgot what their mother had told them and passed him by without greeting him suddenly one of them recollected himself and cried oh brother what have we done we never gave that old man a bow let us run after him and bow to him they ran after the old man took off their little caps bowed to the very girdle and said forgive us dear little father for passing thee by without a greeting our mother straightly charged us to pay honour to every one we met in the way thanks good youths whither is god leading you we have been to the town fair we wanted to buy us a good horse apiece but there are none there which please us why how's that suppose now that i were to give you a little nag apiece ah little father we would then always pray to god for thee well come with me the old man led them to a huge mountain opened two cast-iron doors and brought out two horses of heroic breed here take your horses and depart in god's name good youths and may ye prosper with them they thanked him mounted and galloped home reached the courtyard bound their horses to a post and entered the hut their mother then began and asked them well my dear children have you bought yourselves a little nag apiece we have not bought them with money but got them as a gift where have you left them we put them beside the hut alas my children look if any one has taken them away nay dear mother such horses are not taken away no one could lead them and there's no getting near them the mother went out looked at the horses and burst into tears well my dear sons ye are surely never those whom i have nourished the next day the sons begged their mother to let them go into the town to buy them a sword apiece go my children then they got them ready went to the smiths entered the master's house and said make us a couple of swords why should i make them when they are ready made take whichever you like best no friend we want swords which weigh ten puds each what are you thinking of who would be able to wield a machine like that you'll find such swords nowhere so there was nothing for the good youths to do but return homeward with hanging heads as they were on their way the same old man met them again hail young men hail dear little father whence do you come from town from the smiths we wanted to buy two damascus blades and there were none that suited our hands how stupid suppose now i were to give you a sword apiece ah dear little father in that case we would pray to god for thee for evermore the old man led them to the huge mountain opened the cast-iron door and drew out two heroic swords the brothers took them thanked the old man and their hearts were merry and joyful they came home and their mother asked them well my children have you bought yourselves a sword apiece we have not bought them with money but got them as a gift and what have you done with them we have placed them beside the hut take care lest someone take them away nay dear mother nobody will take them away for it is impossible even to carry them the mother went out into the courtyard and looked the two heavy heroic swords were leaning against the wall the hut was scarce able to bear the weight of them the old woman burst into tears and said well my dear sons ye are surely never those whom i have nourished the next morning the sons of ivan the soldier saddled their good horses took their heroic blades went into the hut prayed to god and took leave of the mother who bore them 
bless us dear little mother for a long journey is before us my irremovable motherly blessing be upon you go in god's name show yourselves and see the world offend none without cause and follow not evil ways be not afraid dear mother our motto is when i eat i don't whistle and when i bite i don't let go then the good youths mounted their horses and rode off whither they went near or far long or short the tale is soon told but the deed is not soon done at last they came to a crossway where stood two pillars on one pillar was written who goes to the right will become a czar and on the other pillar was written who goes to the left will become a corpse the brothers stood still read the inscriptions and fell a-thinking whichever way shall we go if we both go to the right there will not be honour and glory enough for the heroic strength and youthful prowess of us both but nobody wants to go to the left and die and one brother said to the other look now dear brother i am stronger than thou let me go a little on the left to see how death can get hold of me but thou go to the right and perchance god will make thee a czar then they took leave of each other and gave each to the other a little piece of cloth and they made this compact each was to go his own way and place posts along the road and write on these posts everything concerning himself as a mark and guide every morning each of them was to wipe his face with his brother's cloth and if blood appeared on the cloth it would mean that death had befallen his brother and in such a calamity he was to hasten back to seek his dead so the good youth parted in different directions he who turned his horse to the right came to a splendid kingdom in this kingdom dwelt a czar and his tsaritsa and they had a daughter called the thrice beautiful tsarevna nastasya the tsar beheld the son of the soldier ivan loved him for his knightly valour and without beating about the bush gave him his daughter as a consort called him the tsarevich ivan and bade him rule over the whole kingdom the tsarevich ivan lived right merrily loved his wife dearly gave good laws to his kingdom and diverted himself with the pleasures of the chase but his brother ivan the soldier's son who had taken the road to the left went on day and night without rest a month and a second month and a third passed by and he found himself in an unknown empire in the midst of the capital in this empire there was great mourning the houses were covered with black cloth and the people crept about as if they were dreaming he hired him a lodging at a poor old woman's and began to ask her tell me old mother why are all the people in this empire of thine so full of woe and all the houses covered with black cloth alas good youth a great grief weighs upon us every day there comes out of the blue sea from beyond the grey rock a twelve-headed serpent and eats up a man every time and now it has come to the turn of the czar's own house he has three most lovely tsarevnas at this very time they are escorting the youngest of them to the seashore to be devoured by the monster ivan the soldier's son mounted his horse and rode off to the blue sea to the grey rock on the shore stood the thrice lovely tsarevna tied to an iron chain she saw the hero and said to him depart hence good youth the twelve-headed serpent will soon be here i shall perish nor wilt thou escape death the cruel serpent will devour thee also fear not lovely maiden perhaps it may be overcome and ivan the soldier's son went up to her burst the chain with his heroic hand and broke it into little bits as if it were rotten rope then he lit a large fire all round the rock and nourished it with the trunks of uprooted oaks and pines 
piled them up into a huge pyre and then went back to the lovely maiden laid his head on her knee and said to her i must rest but thou look seaward and as soon as a cloud arises and the wind begins to blow and the sea to leap and roar awaken me young maiden so he spake and fell into a deep sleep and the lovely maiden watched over him and sat and looked out upon the sea suddenly a cloud rose above the horizon and the wind began to blow and the sea to leap and roar the serpent was coming forth from the blue sea and raised itself mountains high the tsarevna tried to awake ivan the soldier's son she shook him and shook him it was of no use he heard her not then she burst into tears and her burning teardrops fell upon his cheeks at this the hero awoke ran to his horse and the good horse had already ploughed up half a fathom of earth with his hoofs the twelve-headed serpent rushed straight at him belching forth fire it looked upon the hero and cried goodly art thou and comely fair youth but thy last hour has come say farewell to the wide world and gallop down my throat as quickly as thou canst thou liest cursed serpent surrender then they fell to mortal combat ivan the soldier's son struck so deftly and sturdily with his sword that it grew red-hot and there was no holding it in his hand then he cried to the tsarevna save me lovely maiden take out thy fair kerchief dip it in the blue sea and wrap it round my sword the tsarevna immediately moistened her kerchief in the sea and gave it to the good youth he wrapped it round his sword and again fell fiercely on the serpent but he found that he could not dispatch the serpent with his sword he snatched a burning pine brand from the pyre and burnt out the serpent's eye and then he hewed off all its twelve heads placed them beneath the rock cast the body into the sea and then trotted home ate and drank and laid him down to sleep for thrice four and twenty hours and in the meantime the tsar called his water-carrier and said to him go to the seashore and collect the bones of the tsarevna if haply ye find them the water-carrier went down to the seashore and lo the tsarevna was in no way hurt he placed her on the cart and drove her into the drear forest far into the forest he drove her drew his knife from his girdle and began to sharpen it what art thou doing asked the tsarevna i am sharpening my knife i mean to slay thee tell thy father that i slew the serpent and i'll have mercy on thee he terrified the lovely maiden and she took an oath to speak according to his words now this daughter was the tsar's favourite and when the tsar saw that she was alive and in no way hurt he wished to reward the water-carrier and gave him his youngest daughter to wife and the rumour of it went through the whole realm ivan the soldier's son heard also that a marriage was being celebrated at the tsar's and straight to court he went there a great banquet was proceeding the guests were eating and drinking and diverting themselves with diverse pastimes the youngest tsarevna looked at ivan the soldier's son and saw his sword wrapped round with her costly kerchief whereupon she leaped from her chair seized his hand and cried my dear father and sovereign lord lo here is he who saved us from the cruel serpent and from violent death the water-carrier can only sharpen his knife and say i am sharpening my knife i mean to kill thee the tsar was wroth and he bade them hang the water-carrier and gave the tsarevna to ivan the soldier's son as his consort and there was great rejoicing and the young couple lived together and their life was happy and prosperous not a very long time passed away and then this thing befell the tsarevich ivan the other son of ivan the soldier one day he was going a-hunting and he started a swift-footed stag the tsarevich ivan put spurs to his horse and pursued the stag 
on and on he sped and he came to a vast meadow here the stag vanished from before his eyes ivan looked about him and considered whither does my way lie now and lo in that meadow a little stream was flowing and on the water two grey ducks were swimming he took aim at them and slew the ducks dragged them out of the water put them into his knapsack and went on farther he went on and on till he saw a palace of white stone dismounted from his horse fastened it to a post and went into the rooms they were all empty not a living soul was to be seen only in one room was there a lighted stove a pan for a meal for six stood there and the table was already laid there were plates and glasses and knives the tsarevich ivan pulled the ducks from his pocket and prepared them put them in the pan cooked them placed them on the table and began carving and eating them suddenly whence i know not a lovely damsel appeared to him so lovely that the like of her cannot be told of in tales or written with pens and she said to him bread and salt ivan the tsarevich i cry thy pardon lovely damsel sit down and eat with me i would sit down with thee but i am afraid thou hast an enchanted horse nay lovely damsel thou art ill-informed i have left my magic horse at home and am riding on a common one no sooner did the lovely damsel hear this than she began to swell out and swell out till she became a frightful lioness opened wide her jaws and swallowed up the tsarevich ivan whole she was not an ordinary damsel but the very sister of the serpent who had been slain by ivan the soldier's son and it fell about this time that ivan the soldier's son bethought him of his brother drew his kerchief out of his pocket dried his face with it and saw that the whole kerchief was covered with blood sorely grieved was he what's the matter he cried he took leave of his wife and father-in-law and went forth on his heroic horse to seek his brother he went near and far and long and short and at last he came to the same realm where his brother had lived he asked about everything and learnt that the tsarevich had indeed gone hunting and disappeared not a trace of him could be found ivan went a-hunting the self-same way and there met him a swift-footed stag the hero pursued after it he came into the vast meadow and the stag vanished from before his eyes in the meadow he saw a little stream flowing and two grey ducks were swimming on the water ivan the soldier's son shot the ducks came to the white stone palace and went into the rooms they were all empty only in one room was a stove lighted and a pan for a meal for six was upon it he roasted the ducks went out into the courtyard sat on the steps and began carving them up and eating suddenly a lovely damsel appeared before him bread and salt good youth why dost thou eat in the courtyard ivan the soldier's son answered in the rooms it is not to my mind in the courtyard twill be more pleasant sit down with me fair damsel i would sit down gladly but i fear thy enchanted horse no need damsel i am riding on an ordinary nag she believed him and began to swell out and swelled into a frightful lioness and would have swallowed up the good youth when his magic horse ran up and seized her round the body with its heroic feet ivan the soldier's son drew his sharp sword and cried with a piercing voice stand accursed one hast thou not swallowed my brother the tsarevich ivan give him back to me or i'll cut thee into little bits the red lioness turned back again into a most lovely damsel and began to beg and pray spare me good youth take the two files from that bench full of healing and living water follow me into the underground chamber and revive thy brother 
ivan the soldier's son followed the lovely damsel into the underground chamber and saw his brother lying there torn to bits he sprinkled his brother the tsarevich ivan with the healing water the flesh and fat grew together again he sprinkled him with the living water and his brother stood up and spoke ah how long have i slept ivan the soldier's son said thou wouldst have slept forever but for me and the brothers returned to court made a three days feast and then took leave of each other the tsarevich ivan remained in his kingdom with the thrice beautiful tsarevna nastasya and lived with her in love and harmony and enduring bliss but ivan the soldier's son returned to his wife and his father-in-law and i met him on his way three days he drank and diverted himself with me and twas he who told me all this tale end of the two sons of ivan the soldier recording by expatriate in bangor maine